Crimson Sky Media. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Crimson Sky Media Podcast. Uh, welcome back. Uh, so it's definitely been a long time. Uh, by a long time, I don't mean super long, but um, it's been about a week since I did an, an episode. And, and the reason why is that there's just been a lot of life stuff going on. Um, also, I work every other Saturday and uh, till late in the day. So it basically allows me one uh, extra day to do something. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of tune in and, and do another quick episode here. Um, this one is just going to be about around 30 minutes. Um, I'm trying to get back into the swing of doing closer to an hour, and I want to do it at a time to where I'm alone for the most part. I can focus on it, and there's something meaningful to say. Um, I guess that's part of the reason why there's a delay in between things is because I want to do so when there's actually stuff to talk about. If I just jump on and I just kind of ramble on and blow through some things, it's not good. It's not something I want to do. I don't think people would like to hear that. So that was what the delay was. Additionally, um, last episode I, I mentioned too that um, was feeling a little under the weather. So everything's cleared up with that. It's just my throat is still a little fun- funky, I guess you could say. It's not particularly that I'm sick. Uh, that's the reason. I think it's just it just got so messed up um, from being ill and just coughing profusely so much. I mean, it was just absolutely absurd. So uh, I'm back in, though, and uh, things are going pretty great, uh, especially with gaming. Um, the things that uh, I've been playing, uh, I'll just kind of start off with that. Um, is pretty much revisiting all of these older games. And I don't know why, I've just been having a nostalgia sort of tooth that I need to fill. And um, I've been jumping into Crisis, uh, finishing up Psychonauts because I wanted to get 100% on that. And it's actually very tricky to do that. So you have to essentially reach um, the maximum rank in that game is the hardest achievement, it's 101 the issue with that is that there's points of no return in the game where you can't go back um, and in order to actually achieve 101 there's like hub world areas that you can sort of explore it's like pseudo sandboxy in that regard and you have to find every single item essentially um, and there's a variety of them uh, and they all contribute to ranking you up so with that being said, if you happen to forget something, you pass the point of no return, which after that point has content that you need to reach the highest rank, and you don't by the end of the game, you know that you missed something, you just wasted four hours of your time, and you have to go back and try again. And it's just it's really daunting, and it's really difficult. Um, so I'm just being very careful and uh, very particular about the way that I approach that. So um, those two have been taking up a lot of my time. Um, I kind of just dabble around a little bit too recently. I don't know. You have those nights too. Uh, like I mentioned, I work full time. So you get like three or four hours in the evening. Uh, and a lot of that is also spent with my wife and taking the dog out and making dinner. Uh, I usually make the food in my house. Uh, so it's it's pretty, pretty time consuming uh, when I do have the time to afford playing video games. It's usually something that we can play together or uh, something to that extent. Um, so the very limited time I have, I just kind of jump around a little bit. Uh, part of it's because I, I just have so many games that I really want to play, but also part of it is because the anxiety that comes along with 
having any free time, uh, you, you just get scared that you're wasting it or you might not enjoy what you're doing in an hour so you'll play for 20 minutes and then leave to find something else better to do and find that you don't find that very enjoyable and you shouldn't have stopped the other game and it's just a vicious cycle um, but most of it's the former so don't even worry about it uh, the other games that I've been playing a little bit uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance is definitely one of those games that I just completely binged uh, for a long time and now I kind of come back and I'll do a little thing here and there and then stop and then wait a week and a half and then come back and play like an hour or two. It's it's a really good game. Uh, it's just hard to really sink your teeth into it once you get deeper into it, ironically, um, because you'll find that there's so much to do and it's a lot of it's a lot of interacting with NPCs and fetch quests and stuff. I think it's a good game. Um, it, what's ironic is I'm actually doing that in The Witcher 3 right now and Witcher 3, I always regarded that as kind of like if you're an Elder Scrolls fan and you enjoy Skyrim, uh, then Witcher 3 is Skyrim realized in a better way uh, in every single aspect of the game, right? Uh, whereas uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance, uh, coincidentally, if you're a fan of Elder Scrolls and you like Oblivion, which is my favorite, it's sort of like a modern take on Oblivion. If they did it in the CryEngine and grounded in reality, you know, there's no like spirits or fantastical stuff like that it's all very medieval and well they attempt to be very historically accurate so uh, there's definitely something really great about that and cool you don't see that often and a lot of political correctness sort of creates this daunting sense over developers where they're scared to do anything um, especially in like europe or something uh, where there's not you know a whole lot of diversity racially speaking and all this other stuff, so they get scared that they're going to get criticized for it, and Kingdom Come Deliverance was actually criticized for it, so it's sort of a warranted concern, uh, and it'll hurt sales. But I applaud them for doing it. It was a Kickstarter game, and it's very rare that you find a Kickstarter game that actually is successful, and more importantly, that's a quality game. Um, so yeah, uh, that's kind of what I've been playing, just jumping between things, really, uh, when I have the time to do it. I know I talked a lot about VR, um, so I have been playing some VR then again. Uh, most of it has just been Boneworks because, you know, there's a definitive beginning and end. Um, the other stuff I've kind of waited. Uh, I'm really just kind of getting excited for Half-Life Alex and even more so critically than I am personally, which it shouldn't be that way. Um, I should be really excited about Half-Life Alex, and in a way, I'm definitely anticipating it. The issue is, and that kind of leads into the first story that I wanted to talk about, not really even an A story, but just a development, which is the Half-Life Alex gameplay dropped recently. It's like a four or five minute clip, uh, and I believe it's IGN, I may be wrong on that, but I think they were playing it and they were using like the teleporting and everything, and to my knowledge they got a little bit tired of using the teleportation mechanic and just switched to joystick, which is free range control. You can just move with the joystick instead of teleporting. Infinitely better in my opinion, and I hope that you know, more developers realize that and build it around that mechanic. I think that the teleportation mechanic is neat. And I think for first time players, you know, who are getting a swing of things, uh, you know, that may be more comfortable. Physically speaking, you don't get as nauseous as quickly. Uh, but there is certainly a downside in the regard that movement is so restricted that it almost feels like you're playing a uh, rail shooter instead of something where you have freedom of movement. Um, 
So Boneworks is, and you'll, if you watch the gameplay for Half-Life Alex that just recently dropped, it, you'll notice that it's very similar to Boneworks in it that you're doing a lot of the same things with physics. Um, so it, it's basically, it's uh, Alex, and she's starting out in this um, sort of subway area, kind of goes through some of the subway trains, and that's, that's basically it. Uh, there's a little preface to that where, uh, you know, she's just in this room and kind of looking at things. She's chatting with one of the uh, characters in the game about the uh, the machine that heals you. It's basically a hit points um, regenerator, and that's, that's about it. Uh, the most of it was there to show you kind of what it's going to look like and say, hey, we're not BSing you. We have the product that's basically finished, and here's what it looks like. Um, so a few thoughts on that. Uh, a, the physics, like I talked about, is very similar to Boneworks in it that if you need items, sometimes you'll pick up buckets that usually have things and just turn them upside down, see all the items fall out. I think that's kind of a, a cheap trick. I mean, it's not irregular, but it's just kind of like, okay, you know, with Half-Life 2 and everything, there's in-your-face, look, we have a physics engine puzzles uh, and solutions to problems in the game, and I feel like that's just what Valve is doing again in that regard, but with virtual reality. Um, so I think it's neat, but at the same time, I, I don't know. I, I watched it, and I was really kind of, um, I want to say disappointed, um, even though I'm sure like it's, it's a four-minute clip. Okay, and they're not going to show anything pivotal because they want to save that for people. They know that calling it Half-Life and it being VR is people with a VR headset's going to buy it. Uh, so they're saving the good stuff, the juicy bits, uh, for once you actually purchase the game and get really involved in it. Um, it just concerns me because a lot of the, the visual fidelity is kind of lacking, surprisingly. Um, a lot of the particle effects looked very flat and um, it just wasn't really impressive in that regard. And some of the physics that they're showing off, it, like, it was just ragdoll physics. And admittedly, it was rather smooth. And I think that it looks good in that way that it's okay. It's not a lot of whole, a lot of uh, clipping uh, or you know rubber banding or anything when your hand is interacting with things. Um, so those are improvements. But I think the people who say that it's going to redefine virtual reality and revolutionize it and do all that, I think they're in for a really big surprise. I think that a lot of people, when a new game comes out that they're really hyped for, they get so soaked up in that. And uh, all of the little cool moments narratively and set pieces kind of really just sweep them off their feet. And they forget uh, about you know actually analyzing it on like a, a very meticulous level. but. Um, I don't know. That's all I'm thinking of when I watch it. And uh, I think the shooting and everything is about on par to what you would see in something like Boneworks. And in a way, that's fine. You know, I don't expect them to completely revolutionize it. But I think a lot of people are in for a surprise in it that they, they're not going to. Um, I think the appeal of Half-Life is the physics and um, some of the way that they approach certain things narratively. Right? Like the lack of cutscenes and everything. I think that was a big deal. Uh, and I think that other games that adopted that that philosophy of storytelling have done it really well. Um, but I still look at it and I go, man, this would look so much better. And I think I'd have so much more fun if I was honestly just playing it with a mouse and keyboard. Still really excited for it. And uh, like I said, that four minute clip is out. So if you wanted to go look at that, it's it's around. Uh, it doesn't really, you're not gonna have a hard time finding it. Just type in Half-Life Alex gameplay. Uh, and I guarantee you there's not gonna be a whole lot out there besides that clip at the moment. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about was Death Stranding. 
um, sort of. It's kind of like a whole bunch of things with that. It got a PC release date trailer, which, you know, you'll hear the jokes like, oh, so the game's actually coming out June 2nd, 2020, which is the release date for PC. Uh, haha, it never came out for consoles. Um, so weird. I, I don't... I feel like Death Stranding is just a weird game in itself in, in the way that it was marketed and the way that they built it up and the release and the reception to it. It's around, you know, and um, I'm sure that it's going to be a game that I play just because I like Kojima and I like his games. I don't think the guy is on the same ball that he was before. Uh, and if he was, then Death Stranding just feels like such a weird step for me. Um, I think that his best work is when you're kind of constrained. I think that he does the good stuff there, and I think that everybody would. Um, very similar to, like, if you ever know about the show, like, Ren and Stimpy, just to give you, like, the long and short of it, it's, it's a good analogy. Essentially, what it was was these creators who really wanted to make a very adult-oriented show uh, with the humor, and the comedy was just really raunchy. Uh, but because it was airing on Nickelodeon, they had all of these constraints. So that what they did was they pushed it as far as they could. And that in itself was clever because they had to find clever ways around telling a raunchy joke instead of outright saying some profanity. And um, then when they were given the access to actually make like an adult cartoon, it went for like two or three episodes. And it was canceled and it was just terrible and it wasn't funny. Um... So I think that's kind of where Kojima is. You know, when he gets, he's given free reign, he gets a little bit too crazy. But I think under Konami and some of the restrictions they tried to implement over him, I think that he was doing better. Um, I also think that Metal Gear Solid, I played um, 1, 2, and 3, and I'm currently uh, kind of just touching around uh, Peace Walker because I, I need to do that before I get to 4 and 5. Um, but I think that Metal Gear Solid 3 is one of the best games I've ever played, and I think that Metal Gear Solid 1, for its time, was absolutely ahead of its time, uh, and really paved the way for other games, like Uncharted, or um, like Last of Us, a lot of Naughty Dog games, or even like Red Dead Redemption, uh, and a lot of little ways in how they tell a story narratively with the music, uh, and most importantly with Kojima's games, is the way that he designs boss fights, and how to approach certain areas of the game. There's just so many ways uh, because it's so linear, but because of its linearity, it's deceptive, and you feel like, oh, I just have to go here and do this one thing, but if you play with the game in a way that you wouldn't expect traditional games to allow you to, it'll respond and change things for you, and I think that that's really what a good game is, is essentially not subverting your expectations, but just taking away the idea that a game is a A to B um, situation, uh, and instead saying, actually, you're in control. Uh, so, well, at least in, in, the, in a very, no pun intended, linear way, I would say that that's true. Um, but of course, all games are a series of pre-thought-out decisions, uh, and it's like a more or less choose-your-own-adventure book. Um, so I'm really excited at least to try it after I get through Metal Gear Solid. And the reason why is um, I want to see Kojima as he has been from 1998 up until that point. Um, and kind of, so that way it's, it's more of almost like a, an an analyzation of his, uh, his life with uh, games and media. And uh, I think that'd be really neat.
and fun to experience. But also, because I want the hype to die down, and I would much rather play the game just going into it kind of fresh, you know, and um, just experiencing it as someone who's just playing it alone without having people talk about it over and over. I heard the reception was kind of mediocre, and I just kind of stopped there. I think I didn't go really much further than that. I think with Metal Gear Solid Five too, he's been kind of into doing like these sandboxy large open environments. I I don't think that's what he's probably good at, especially with the reception that Five Metal Gear Solid Five got in Death Stranding. I think that he's better at I wouldn't say movies because a lot of people want him to make a movie, um, but I think that he's just really good at making linear games. That's it. Action adventure stealth games. I think that he's the best at and just stick with it. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, do something else like uh, I think PT with Silent Hills. Um, you know he's teased about going back to that. Great idea, by all means. The re like I said, very linear demo was PT, um, but it was absolutely fun and full of different things and like little hidden details and Easter eggs and exploits and that's Kojima. I think that's what he does the best at. Um, and that's basically it. Uh, the only other thing that I, I guess I kind of wanted to touch on was um, GDC and like the coronavirus and everything in the United States. And, um, you know, they're very concerned about, you know, it spreading. So I think there was like a case or two in California. Uh, there was one in Washington. I think the first person died in Washington. But the thing is, is that these people who are like getting infected by it and stuff and that are passing away are usually pretty old, uh, you know, and it's like, it's not like if you get the coronavirus, you're going to die. And even if you did, which you, I guarantee you, you won't, because the pure reaction from this is so intense that um, everyone's going to be fine. It's just another swine flu. I can guarantee it. But that doesn't prevent, uh, and rightfully so, developers and um, publishers and et cetera from stopping their conferences at GDC and, and just kind of pulling out of it. So everyone's been pulling out um, Blizzard, Epic, the whole shebang. Uh, and at this point, GDC has been postponed. It's probably going to be canceled um, this year. You know, it just is what it is. They'll probably hold their own conferences for, you know, their stuff and kind of go from there. In the age that we're living in anyway, I think that that's pretty, pretty regular. I think that we're moving away from things like E3 and GDC and et cetera. As a shame as that is, because I think that those are still really cool. I think that even though hype is, um, it can be dangerous, I think it's only dangerous for people who are, well, for lack of a better word, stupid, you know what I mean? Like you, you or, or young, okay, I'll be generous, or young, you know, or naive or something, like you're very, I don't know, you're 12 and you're excited about a game, like you're not an idiot if you kind of look past it critically, you don't have to be a narcissist and overanalyze things all the time, but... You know, as an adult, if you're excited for a game, you can't expect it to be the greatest game every single time you get excited for it. You know, you have to kind of reel it back in. And I think the really big thing with games is that you give it time. And after a certain amount of time, when you revisit it, if it's still a good game the second time around, third time, uh, then, you know, it's probably a quality game by your standards. And I think that that just takes a lot of time. You can't beat a game the first time around and say, that's one of the best games ever made. Uh, and if you do, you better hold on to that and not say it definitively because things change, you know, and it's good to have perspective uh, with time and everything. Um, but yeah, so with the internet age, the point I was making there is that since everybody's kind of moving into doing their own thing, um, that's all that stuff is kind of going away. Before, when we didn't have 
the internet essentially. Uh, E3 was kind of a bigger deal because it's the only way to really get stuff out. And then like networks like Tech TV and G4 and all that spike uh, would air a lot of these things like the video game awards and get it a lot of publicity. I think that the reason why the video game awards are still big is because it's essentially um, a series of headlines. You know, like a lot of people uh, put in the 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 news articles and uh, links to their website about, okay, here's our top 200 games, here's our top 10 games of the year, here's the top 10 worst games. And that's really easy and, and kind of just very rudimentary stuff. Uh, but having a press conference with celebrities and everything, um, even though I may not think that's something that's attractive, I think that a lot of people in the mainstream audience do. I think that they like that flash and that glamour. Uh, and seeing someone hold like a little statue of like a video game controller or what have you, as meaningless as that is. And I know that they have like those the people's choice and then there's like the, um, I, I forget how they do it. I think they have like a series of different judges essentially and they all vote like anonymously or something or discuss amongst themselves and then vote or I have no idea but it's it's completely worthless it's it's such a shame and they always give it to stuff that even though at times will desert for some people it's usually stuff that's like the biggest um like they, they gave like best narrative to her story um I think that was like 2015-ish uh, instead of like Witcher 3 and it's like you you compare the two and I know that not everyone needs to play Witcher 3 and there's the meme that it's overly good you know like everything else just pales in comparison and uh, CD Projekt Red is like Jesus Christ uh, you know and that's funny but it it shouldn't mitigate their accomplishments it shouldn't shadow any of that and Witcher 3 was a huge accomplishment I mean it's considered one of the best RPGs that have basically graced the 21st century and even if that may be superfluous in some cases it's, it's definitely true in a lot of others um, so anyway it the work and the craft and the effort that went into creating that narrative and then you know her story not to say it's terrible but it's clear that they give it to things that have more of a face uh, that have actors they can recognize in that way and I don't know. I don't like that. I think that sensationalizing video games in that way is ridiculous. I think that having a game of the year in general is kind of silly. It's fun to talk about, and you can certainly have your opinion. But people celebrating like a conference about it, of basically people going, here's people's opinions on these games. And because their most opinion says that yours is good, here's an award. It's like, okay, cool. It's more of a vindication for people that if they like something... And it gets an award, then they're right in liking it, and their opinion is justified, and that's all it is, essentially. Um, it's also a good marketing strategy. That's it, essentially, I mean, you know, in America, it's like it, it's everywhere. All everything that happens, there's ads and there's marketing and stuff, and like that's fine. But that's that's the majority of um, the the annual video games award show. Uh, so wish that thing would go away. I think it's kind of silly. But those are my thoughts. Um, other than that, um, essentially nothing really has changed all that well in video games. I think that there's going to be some bigger stuff that happens as we go forward. I think that with E3 and, I, again, the coronavirus thing, I think it'll probably die down by like May or June, which is probably when they'll host it. Um, I think that E3, when we see more about the PlayStation 5 at their 
press conference, Sony, and the Xbox One Series X, and the PC gaming show, and the series of different news articles that are going to release around E3, because that's the time to do it, uh, apparently. It, it's going to really spice things up. This usually happens, you know. There's usually a dead zone right toward the end of a generation, and then there's like a couple of really big hits, you know, that are the um, they're the curtain call for that gen. In this case, you know, for a lot of people, it was games like Nier Automata, um, Persona 5 toward the end of it, even though that was a little bit earlier, and then Red Dead Redemption 2 was one of the more recent ones. Uh, so these games kind of come out and they're huge, right? Uh, and they completely change things. GTA 5, sort of, the big, at the end of 7th gen was kind of like that uh, swan song for Rockstar and that generation of gaming where they started out with like Rockstar's table tennis and then ended with the biggest selling media product of all time, you know? Um, so then we'll come in with the new generation and see a plethora of... Um, opportunities. Now the difference is that with each generation we become closer to unifying a lot of things uh, in gaming, which is good. Uh, and specifically with like PC architecture, PC, the renaissance happened during uh, late 7th gen, early 8th gen, which is the one we're currently in. Uh, so with that being said, we're essentially all in a PC ecosystem. Xbox is embracing it, PlayStation is porting games, uh, even Surprisingly, I would say probably Nintendo is, is kind of looking at it. I think I think they don't really have too much of a choice. I think they're so they're so dependent on the Japanese market in that way uh, that they're so satisfied with it. They don't really care too much about PC. But I think with this generation and as they go forward with Switch, it's it's the only logical step. And I think that the pressure is going to start moving towards Nintendo in the next few years, where you know gamers and, and mainstream audiences are going to really, really, really want their games on their PC because as we get older too, especially, um, it's difficult to play games mobile and having it mobile but then coming back and putting on your television even though it's good, uh, it's not the best it can be on a technical level and, and that begins that that seed gets planted in your brain and you really 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 want it on a uh, a better system and i think that's what's going to happen eventually eventually nintendo is going to move over to pc but it's just going to be so long and if i could tell you how much i wanted the paper mario games to be back on pc or for them to actually look at that franchise again and go what the hell are we doing we got to fix this and go back to where the first two games succeeded which is the rpg elements and you know really nailing down uh, the meta of what their game is, then I think that that would be just probably the best age of Nintendo, in my opinion. I know a lot of people, that's a very hot topic, but being a uh, Gen Z Nintendo 64 starting Nintendo fan, uh, that's probably for me what would be the best thing ever. Um, so yeah, that's basically it. Um, I'm basically going to uh, wrap things up here. I just wanted to make sure that I get this out here and talk to you guys because I know that it's very limited the amount of people that listen to this, but um, it's also, like I said, something that I care to do, and I feel terrible that last week I wasn't able to get an episode out, but like I said, it's something that I do on my own time, and I try to do it within my own rules, um, but one of those big rules is that I want to do it each week. Sometimes life just gets in the way. Um, but just know it's it's definitely coming as soon as possible if it doesn't come weekly and it's not something that's going to stop, especially with things that are coming in through March. 
uh, like Resident Evil 3 and Half-Life Alex. Um, additionally, you know, Death Stranding in June, like it covered, it just, it's, it's going to be a crazy year, um, as I mentioned before. Uh, so thanks again for uh, tuning in. Uh, I think it's weird because I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this really quick because I know that the um, the audience of this show is, is very low, uh, and you know I'm just some guy in Arizona that's recording this, and I don't mean to get all deep and crazy. That's not what I'm trying to do, but you think about things like you know where you're going with this and what you actually want to talk about and all this other stuff, and you want to keep it on topic because that's the audience that you know is tuning in. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you're human, and I think that that's the certain ways that you do your show is what makes it unique, and uh, just like the way that you approach it from a personality perspective. And yeah, so I just wanted to kind of bring up that life has just been getting kind of crazy in that regard, and um, you know, with work and a lot of other more deeper, complicated uh, issues that go on mentally, it's hard to shelf all of that and then go on and talk about very trivial matters in gaming uh, and even though a lot of these things aren't very trivial and have a lot of deep thoughts on them uh, in a way a lot of them are and like I said earlier in the podcast the point of this is that I don't want to come on here and waste your time by pretending I care about something and talking about it these are my thoughts as they are for things that I think that I'm interested in and that may not appeal to everybody uh, for the certain things that I'm talking about. Certain people won't, will probably, like, if, I don't know, if you're, like, a Final Fantasy fan, the Final Fantasy VII demo was teased, the remake. Great. I, I'm so tired of Final Fantasy, and I just wish that franchise would go away. Uh, so that's just kind of where I am with that. I'm sure they're fine, but there's just certain games that I just don't care to talk about. And because we have... Uh, one person doing the podcast, uh, even if we had two or three, right? Um, it's very hard to get every person who has every type of interest in gaming, right? Like I can't get 30 people and then you have each, okay, you're the Blizzard guy, you're, you're the Square Enix guy, I'm the Bungie guy, or you know, whatever you may do. Um, so there's just certain things that I'm just not going to talk about. Uh, and that's just one of the things that I also wanted to kind of get off my chest with that is that even though I wish I had all the time in the world to do these things, because if I did, I would play things like Final Fantasy VII. Um, I don't. So most of it is going to be stuff that I'm interested in. Uh, and that's something I wanted to talk about too. Um, on the next episode, I think that's something that I'm gonna go into is just kind of me and my favorite games and some of the things that I'm really interested in with gaming and why I think they're good. Um, so a lot of that's gonna be things like Bioshock or Psychonauts, Shadow of the Colossus, and all things of the like. Um, I'm giving the impression that my scope is fairly limited. It's actually not. I have a pretty diverse palette in gaming. It's just that, like I said, with what I'm currently playing and what's going on, it's fairly uh, small in that way. And with being sick and everything else, it just it just threw a complete wrench into everything. So I appreciate you guys being so patient. I, I I'm so happy that I'm able to do this. And then I'm blessed with the idea of uh, doing a podcast and, and actually following it through specifically. I think that that's something that not a lot of people get opportunities to do. And I don't want to waste that. And it's not something that I would not want to do either. I love getting on and doing this. Uh, so I appreciate it. 
Uh, so until next time, uh, definitely thanks for tuning in one last time. And I will try to get this out Monday uh, each week. That's the plan. Uh, this is going to drop on Tuesday evening. So you're probably going to see it Wednesday. But I'm recording it Monday night. And the reason why it's going to drop probably Tuesday evening, if not Wednesday morning, is because I want to review it and listen to it and make sure there's nothing in here that's like a loud bang or something that's going to wake you up if you're driving or, you know, well, you want to be awake while driving, but, you know, definitely don't want to crash. So I'll catch you guys next week. Uh, I am going to be doing this on Saturday night, this upcoming weekend. Uh, if not, definitely around the weekend for sure, because I will make it my mission to get it out Monday, but just be, you know, sure that uh, if I don't, it's coming. Okay. Appreciate it, guys. I'll see you next week.